Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, we've been talking about tuning up our faith. And, uh, and what that simply means is making sure that our faith is uh, firing on all cylinders, so to speak. You know, and that's what you do when you tune up a car is you want the, uh, the, uh, uh, the timing to be just right so that thing is just firing, the cylinder firing right at the exact time and you're getting the most uh, uh, responsive energy, you know, from that engine and then all of the other components are working together. And, uh, and that's what we need to do regularly where our faith is concerned. You know, people uh, who pursue uh, sports, athletics, many times people train and train and train, particularly if you want to go for, you know, a, a, an Olympic prize, people will train for years and years. They'll give up their childhood. They'll give up their, their early adulthood and, and, a lot, and a good portion of their adult life just training and training and training for a temporary goal. Amen. Go with me over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians 9. And Paul was actually, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the Greek games began uh, and were going on during the days that the, that the New Testament was written. So the first Olympic games uh, were already, had already begun. And so Paul was actually talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse number 24, he says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? And he specifically was referring to the races that, uh, that people were excited about, you know, there in, in uh, the Greek culture. He said, run in a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Amen. You know, people, people will train in sports, like I said. People will train in the arts. If you want to be good in, in uh, any kind of, uh, of arts, whether it's music or whatever it might be, you give yourself to that. And, it, and, it, and it's, an, it, like I said, this phrase I used before, it's intentional attention. You give to, you don't just, you know, we have, we have uh, a couple of our grandsons that have become very, very accomplished pianists. Steve's two boys are very good pianists, but it's because they've practiced and practiced and practiced for years. And, uh, and, and Greg's children are, are coming up the same way. They've taken up music a little later uh, in life. But I'm telling you, if you're going to be good in something, you have to really practice. Isn't that right? Well, how much more in our faith life? How much more in the things of God? Amen. Glory to God. So that's why we're going over these things. Uh, let's keep our faith tuned up. Amen. Are you out there today? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, when we talk about faith, you do understand that the word faith is used in different ways and it's not always in the sense that the Bible uses it. For instance, the word faith is often used in a generic sense. People will say, well, what faith are you of? Are you, you, know, are you Christian or Jew? Are you uh, Hindu, Muslim? You know, are you Protestant or Catholic? So sometimes people use that word faith just to apply 
to what religion you identify with. Other people, you know, they talk about uh, faith in the same in in the sense of uh, just a general belief in anything. People will say, "Well, I, you know, I've always been a person of great faith." But when you talk to them, they, they, there's really nothing in specific they they believe. They just believe in God in general. And a lot of people have weird ideas about God and, and uh, they just feel like they, you know, their, their faith is in, is in nature or their faith is in different things and it's, and it's a sort of uh, wishy-washy kind of thing that you can't pin down. But when the Bible talks about faith, it's talking about taking God at his word, believing what he has said in his word and acting on that because you believe the source of that spoke it, you believe that he's faithful, that he'll do what he said he'll do. That's the kind of faith we're talking about. Amen? And, uh, uh, you know, whenever you interact with God, you have to interact with him according to the rules. And that's what's, that's what miss, that's what's missing in a lot of people's lives because they talk about God and believing in God, and, but when you press them and you actually have a, have a conversation with them, they believe all kinds of things about God. And they're approaching God on their own terms. They've, uh, they've kind of recreated God in their own image. You know, in what they believe and how they think it ought to be. And the fact is, God, God will receive anyone who comes in a pure and, and honest heart, but you still have to come according to his word. You know, it says that God is not willing that any perish, and yet people are perishing. That's been one of the uh, uh, charges that people have made against God. Well, how could God send anyone to hell? If God's such a loving God, such a compassionate God, how could he send anyone to hell? Well, the truth of the matter is God doesn't send anybody to hell. People send themselves to hell. Hell was not created for man. Hell was created, as we know, for the devil and his angels. Man was never intended to go there. It was because of rebellion and because of sin that man fell. And God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But you have to believe you have to come to God according to his rules. That's true where salvation is concerned. We'll look at some scriptures uh, covering that. But it's true concerning everything and, and every time we interact with God, we have to interact with him according to the ground rules. Because he, I, when I was an early Christian, when I was a young Christian, early in my walk with God, at times I would, uh, it seemed to me that, that the principles that I was learning about how to believe and how to receive from God. It seemed to me at times that God was, that God had made it too difficult. And, and I would become frustrated in, in my mind thinking, you know, this is too, why, did, why is it so hard, God? You, it seems to me that, that you're so particular. I have to believe the right way and I have to talk the right way and I have to act the right way. But as I grew in the Lord a little bit, I come to realize God has, has, has put it on precise terms so that I can always be assured of hitting the mark. Because if it's wishy-washy, if the rules are, are uh, uh, 
something you really can't count on every day, then you can never know that you'll really uh, approach God the right way. But when you approach him, when he tells you how to come to him, when he tells you how to, to uh, uh, believe and how to act, when he puts it in his word, then it's easy once I learned that and once I did, see it was my flesh. My, my flesh was not liking it. My flesh didn't want to discipline itself. But once I found out that if I'll discipline my flesh and line it with the word, every single time I can get what God has promised. So God's not being hard on us. He's, he's really helping us. Amen. But we need, to, we need to constantly remind ourselves of what the rules are. Amen. You know, people who train, like I said, they train in, in uh, athletics or music. They're constantly going over the, the basics. They're constantly reminding themselves, you know, uh, uh, my Greg's three children are uh, accomplished in martial arts. And I've noticed when I go to watch them, I don't, and they're all black belts in ch Choi. How do you say that? Choi, choi Kwon Do. They're all black belts. Jack is a uh, third degree black belt. And Nate and Mia are both uh, first degree black belts. But I notice when I watch them, they're always going over the basics and then they build on it. The basics and then they build on it. The they always start with the basics and they build it. And they go back every time. They go through their routines. Go they go through the basics and they build on it. And, and all, of the, all of the building is based on the, on, the, on the basics. It's just a further refinement of the basics. They get more skillful and get more technical, but it's all, all based on the same uh, moves and the same things that they learned in their very first sessions in, in, uh, in taking the, this training. And it's the same way with the Word of God and the things of God. God has established things and it's not something new. We just have to refine ourselves and grow in our ability to, uh, to act according to the word of God. Amen? So I want to go over five faith facts this morning. Five faith facts. Number one, go with me to Ephesians chapter two. Ephesians two. And let's look at this truth. In verse number eight. Ephesians 2, eight. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, we know it's the grace of God. It's, it's because of God's grace that we have anything. It's because of his mercy and his love and his grace, that unmerited favor that we've received from God, that we have anything. Our salvation is strictly on the matter and on the, and on the, on the principle of, of the grace of God. And I never get tired of thinking about that. I never get tired of thanking God for his grace. I do it regularly in my life. I'm constantly thinking of him, of his grace and mercy, because I know what I deserved. And it wasn't the blessing of God. I deserve judgment. I deserve to stay in my sins. I deserve to spend eternity in hell. I deserve that because of my willful sin. But God was gracious. Oh, glory to God. 
Oh, hallelujah. Like I said, I thank him, I thank him of that on a, on a regular basis. But I want you to notice, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the grace of God that saved us, but it came through faith. And it only comes through faith. If you remember the woman with the issue of blood who came up in, into the uh, crowd behind Jesus and she had said within, her, in, within herself, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And she worked her way through that crowd and she reached out and she touched him. And the Bible says the moment she touched him, Jesus felt in himself power flowing out of him. Well, what kind of power was that? It was healing power. It was, it was Holy Spirit healing dunamis power, the power of God. And it flowed out of him into her and it healed her. Well, he didn't know who had touched him. He just felt that power flow out of him. And so he turned around. There were people all around him, you know, and he turned around and the Bible says he was looking to see who had done this. And he asked, he said, who touched me? And the disciple says, Lord, there's people all around you thronging you. They're pressing all against you. No doubt, uh, uh, I don't know how many people had probably touched him. Probably a good number of people were right up against him and touching him. But there was something different about this woman's touch. He had just as much power when those other people touched him. There was just, much, just as much healing power in him and it could have flowed out to them just as much as it flowed out to this woman. But what was the difference? Her faith. He looked around to find who this was and when she finally realized she couldn't be hidden, she, she, she came and admitted that it was her. She told him why she had come and how she had touched him and how she had been, been healed. And he said, woman, your faith made you well. Your faith did it. Well, it, the Bible had already told us that his power did it. His power flew out, uh, flowed out of him. The power of God flowed out of him into her. Well, obviously, that's what, was, that's what healed her. But Jesus said, your faith made you whole. What's he say? The power was activated by her faith. Well, by grace, we were saved. But what activated it? Our faith. God is just as gracious toward the sinner as he is toward us. Salvation is just as much available to the sinner as it is to us, but the sinner has to activate that. He has to reach out and take it by his faith, amen? So we were saved by faith, but not only that, go over to, uh, go over to Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11. This is something that we don't often think of. Romans chapter 11 in the 11th chapter of, of Romans, Paul is talking about how the Jews were God's people and how that they were cut out of the blessing of God and how the Gentiles were in, in essence grafted in to the blessing of God and the plan of God. And so he said, uh, looking for the verse now. I don't have it marked. Hallelujah. I was looking too far down. 
verse, verse 20 says, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. You stand by faith. See, we were, we were saved by faith. We came into the body of Christ. We received redemption and salvation through faith. But we stand by faith. We, in other words, we stay saved through faith. It's not just something that once it's done, then you can just go on and think of the Lord any way you want to. No, it, we, we remain in our relationship with God through our faith. So that makes our faith extremely important. Amen. And uh, then let's look at Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Verse 17 says, in it, in the, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Now, what does that mean? On the one hand, if you look at it one way, it can sound like, well, you know, faith is the realm that we access. And since we've accessed that, then we're in the realm of faith. And, and it's like faith is this, you know, it's this big orb out there and we live kind of in a general sense uh, by faith. In other words, we're saved by faith. But if you go back and, and look at, this is a quotation. Anytime you see the New Testament in this oblique type style of, of, of uh, text there, it's a reference to the Old Testament. And it pays a lot of times. I do this quite often. I want to go back and read that in the Old Testament and see what was being said. This comes from the book of Habakkuk. And the interesting thing in the New King James in Habakkuk, it says, for the just shall live by his faith. And I don't know, that, 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 that resonates on the inside of me a little differently. The just shall live by his faith. I don't live by my mama's faith. I don't live by my grandparents' faith. I don't live by my friend's faith. I live by my faith. And, and it has to be personal. It's not just faith that's out there. Faith has to be in me. I, as a righteous person, I live by my faith. Well, what if my faith isn't very great? Then I don't live very well. Because the truth of the, see, one way you can look at it as an aspiration, the just shall live by faith. I, I, I need to live by faith. The truth is we're all living by faith. The truth is all of our lives what we have in life is a result of our faith. You can either live the Christian life on a high plane, enjoying what belongs to you, and, and either, either having reached all of these goals or you're making progress. You're just reaching and you're growing and you're learning every day how to, how to live by faith and you're taking on more and, and producing more and accomplishing more and, and, and walking in more and more blessing or you might just be coasting through your, through your Christian life. Settling for little, 
frustrated because you don't have the blessings other people have? Well, it, it, it's not because God doesn't will it. It's not because God doesn't want you to have as much as somebody has. You live by your faith. Well, if, if, if we're going to experience life according to our faith, then it's really important that we keep our faith tuned up. Because I want to have everything God has for me. And, and I think you do too. But I'm going to tell you, it, 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 just, just wanting it won't, won't lay hold of it. Just being motivated in church and stirred up when you hear a message won't produce it if you don't make, a, 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 make some kind of a difference, some kind of a change in your life. Amen. You know, in the, in the scripture we read leading up to this, when, when Jesus was teaching there in the, uh, in the parables, he said, you know, take heed how you hear. And then he said this, he, he said, uh, uh, those people who, who have grown dull in their hearing, so they've closed their ears, they've closed their eyes. He said, lest, lest they should understand with their heart and turn and I should heal them. See, when you hear a message that, that points out some area where you need to, uh, uh, you know, increase or change, you, you, have to, you have to turn from what you're doing and do something differently. And that's why we teach on faith because the just will live by their faith. Amen. So don't just hear it. Make a determined effort. I'm going to do something different this week, whatever the Lord speaks to you about. Now go with me to First uh, Timothy. So the first, the first faith fact is we are saved by grace through faith. The second faith fact is that we live by faith, by our faith. We live by our faith. The third one is in First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six, and let's look at verse number twelve. Fight, fight. Now I think a lot of Christians just stop right there with that word. They, were, they, were, they read the word fight and they just went to the races with it. So let's fight. And they're fighting each other and they're fighting other Christians and they're just fighting. No, it's fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. That's the third principle. We are to fight the good fight of faith. Now, we are not told to fight the devil. We don't fight the devil. We resist the devil. We're told to resist him. Now, I, I was hoping Jack would be in here this morning. Where is he? Is he he's serving in Faith Island this morning? I didn't know that, but... I was going to get Jack to illustrate this or provide an illustration to me. And I could do the same thing with, with, with Nate, but Nate's shorter and, and my reach is a little longer. But I discovered, I discovered early on with these kids, I first learned it with Jack, once he really reached that level of, of, of a black belt, I, I really can't put a hand on him. If he doesn't want me to, and really the same thing's true with, with Nate. Because, because I'm a little bit, you know, bigger than Nate is, I can reach a little bit further, but I can't do that with Jack anymore. 
And I'm telling you, these, even, even Nate with, at, at, at his size, if he doesn't want me messing with him, I'm not going to mess with him. <laughs> I would have to really get very aggressive. I mean, I'd have to really get, you know, really uh, go beyond what I should. And, and the problem is, with a black belt, they exercise a, a certain degree of restraint in resisting me. And Nate can hurt me. <laughs> if, if I brought him up here and really went after him, because I'm a little bit bigger, you know, I, I might be able to prevail a bit, but I'm telling you what, it would be unfortunate for me. <laughs> because he knows how to resist me. And now that Jack has gotten as, as, as big as he is, I mean, forget about it. Forget it. I, I, I wouldn't even... I, I know at one time there was a, a somebody at, on a Wednesday night, one of the youth, one of the bigger boys was horsing around, you know, with Jack. And, uh, well, you, know, you're, you know, you're a black belt. And, this, and uh, Jack had, had to restrain himself because if he had done what he could have done to really re put this person in his place, it would not have been pleasant. And, and, you know, that would turn out bad for everybody, you know. Uh, what I'm saying is we are to resist the devil, we don't, we're, not, we're not looking to fight him. Our fight is a fight of resistance because we fight the good fight of faith. We're not told to fight him. We're told to rebuke him. We're told to resist him. We're, to, we're told to tread on him. What does that mean? That just means walk all over him. And we walk all over him with our faith. That's how you do it. He, he's not a physical being and demons aren't physical beings that you can wrestle with. We don't, we don't wrestle against principalities and powers in the sense of fighting them. We wrestle against them by just using our faith. We use our faith and, we, and, it's, and, it's, a, and it's a resistance. We resist him. Like I said, when, when Jack was first learning these things, I'd test him out, you know, and I'd, I'd go to grab him and he was knocking me all over, you know, and I, I couldn't. I'm thinking, what's going on here? Well, he didn't get, these, these kids didn't get this way. Mia's the same way. She's now a black belt. They didn't get that way by going to class once a month and just standing around. No, their instructor was there constantly drilling them and they were constantly doing the basics over and over and over. And I'm telling you what, they learned, and that's how you learn to resist the devil is you learn it through acting on the word. Amen. 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 We tread on him. We resist him. We cast him out. But we're never told to fight him. The reason we're not told to fight him is Jesus has already fought him. Jesus fought the devil and defeated him for us. Amen. And the reason the devil is after us is he's after our faith. That's really what he's after. Remember, the enemy comes constantly to steal the word. If he can get the word out of you, he can get your faith out of you, and then you are no threat to him. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. He's after our faith, but he's not going to get it. Amen. Amen. How can I fight the fight of faith if I don't even know what real faith is or how it works? Well, I couldn't. The fourth faith fact, and this is found in 1 uh, John 5. 1 John 5. 
1 John 5, verse number 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is how you overcome, church, right here. When it says overcoming the world, it's not talking about, uh, as you well know, it's not talking about in the political sense or the natural sense. When it talks about the world, it's talking about the God of this world, the world system that's, that's in Satan's hand in the temptations of this world, the, the, the love of this world, the affections of this world, uh, everything that's in this world that's contrary to the will of God, the sickness, the curse that's in this world. He said we overcome this through our faith. It's our faith that overcomes. That's why I make it a point in my life, in my personal life, I make it a point to continually feed my faith. Now, you don't have to do this first thing in the morning. I do, but you don't have to. But at some point during the day, you have to feed your faith. Church, you have to do it. And I know, listen, I know everybody agrees with that. It, it helps the service go a little bit better and makes it flow a little better if you agree and say amen and nod your head instead of just sitting there like this. And I appreciate that, but I know enough about people to know that people will nod about a whole lot more than they're doing. People are amen a whole lot more than they're putting into practice. Now, I know this. I'm not thinking about anybody in particular. I just know that. So it's, and though I love it when you say amen and you participate, I appreciate that, but I'm telling you, that will not cause you to overcome. It's what you do today when you go home or tonight or in the morning and every day of your life. It's by constantly feeding your faith that you're going to overcome this world. There, there really aren't any shortcuts to victory. This is the victory right here. A lot of times people get in crisis. They find themselves in a crisis and they call out to God and they're wanting God to rescue them. I'm talking about Christians. They're wanting God to rescue them. Oh God, oh God, oh God, help me. Oh God, do something. Oh God, I'm facing something big here. Oh Lord, I don't know what to do. And the Lord is merciful. But this is, what, this is what caused me so much trouble when I was a young Christian. I would become real desperate like this. I'd be facing something that was, to me at least, it was overwhelming. And I'd say, oh God, well, can't you do something? Do something. And he's, he's waiting on me to act in faith. He's, he cannot be moved by my uh, begging and my, and my worry and my desire because that's, that's too iffy. It can change. He's saying to me and to you, if you want to overcome the world in this city, you're going to do it by faith. And my, my oldest son, Steve, was, was talking to me on the phone a few, few days ago, maybe a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about the hurricanes. And one of the hurricanes that came through some time ago, maybe in the last year or so, you know, he lives in the, in the Tampa uh, area, north of Tampa. And there was this hurricane 
and it was bearing down and, and it was poised, you know, the track of it was going to take it very close to them. So he did all of the preparations, you know, he bought all of the, uh, of the uh, wood and the brackets and he put everything up and then it turned and went back out. Well, he took all that stuff down. You know, when there's a named storm, each name, you know, each hurricane, tropical, tropical storm has a name. Well, let's, I don't remember the name, but let's say its name was George. George was coming, but George left. Well, when George left, Steve kind of forgot about George. Took all the plywood off of his windows and just forgot about it. Well, it was on the news, but he had tuned George out. George went out into the Atlantic or the Gulf one and did a loop and came back right over their house. But Steve had forgotten about George until like George is going to be there in five hours when he really realized he hadn't been paying attention. And so he said, Dad, I've heard you preach all my life when I was in church that during a hurricane is not the time to be laying you know, sandbags and making preparation for him. He, he said, I was out there thinking, this is just what my dad was talking about. He said, I'm letting the wind, I mean, he, there was tropical force winds and he's trying to put his plywood up. He said, I proved that out, dad. That is not the time to be preparing for a hurricane. <laughs> well, we overcome the world through our faith. Get ready. Get ready today. Write yourself a note nudge your, your spouse or your friend and say, remind me <laughs> to get into the word of God to make it part of my everyday business because the just live by faith. We overcome by faith. And it's really the only fight we have is the fight of faith. Oh, praise God. Well, that was number four and I'll close with number five. Well, five's a biggie, so I'm not going to finish. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We'll just get it introduced. Hebrews 11, verse number six. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We're saved by grace through faith. We live by our faith. We're told to fight the good fight of faith. We know faith is the victory that will cause us to overcome. And we see here that without faith, we can't please God. We can't. It's impossible. It's impossible to please God. There's no maybes. That's a real strong statement. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Now, there are some other things that please God besides faith. But none of those other things are stated this emphatically in the New Testament. You think of love. You know, 1 Corinthians 13 says, now abides faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love is the greatest. It's greater than faith. But nowhere does it say without love it's impossible to please God. Even though love is greater, it's because every other thing you do, including love, you have to do by faith. There are a lot of things. 
coming to church please God, pleases God. But it doesn't please the it doesn't please God if you're not coming by faith. Some people just come to jo- come to church because somebody invited them and, and pestered them. When we were backslidden, we would have people from the church call. The pastor would call. Have uh, other members of the church called my my wife. Now, I, I mean, I was completely backslidden. I was a druggie, and but we had people from the church calling me. And and I was working for the telephone company, and I was at this particular time this happened. I was working nights, and I was sleeping in the daytime. And somebody called me one day, and from the church. <laughs> and I really didn't remember the call. And when I was told about it later, I thought, Oh no, what did I say? Because my first cousin told me just about three years ago that during this time he saw me on the street in Arlington in Jacksonville and said, hey, cousin, you know, why don't you come to church? And he said, I cussed him out. And I wasn't high. Well, I was high, but I wasn't asleep. (laughs) He said, I cussed him out. I don't remember it. So at the time I'm thinking, somebody called me this morning? Woke me up from the church. Oh, Lord, what did I say? Well, you know, if you just go to church just because somebody's pestering you, that doesn't impress God. That doesn't please God. Now, it might please your mama. (laughs) But God's not moved by that. Every good thing that that we're instructed to do that pleases God, we still have to do it by faith or it doesn't please God. Like I said, even love, walking in love, you have to do that by faith. Because if you do it out of some other motivation, it's not genuine. So there are, there are some people that you have to exercise your faith to love them. <laughs> you have to exercise your faith to love some people. Really, you have to exercise your faith to love anybody. Because you're doing it because of God and what he's done in your life and because of faith. It's faith that makes love work. Faith makes love work. Amen. We're all, we often think that love makes faith work. Well, faith makes love work. Faith makes every form of obedience right. You know, the children of Israel, they tried to do right, but they didn't attain. Why? Because they didn't pursue it by faith. Praise God. Without faith... It's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe. For he who comes to God must believe. He who comes to God. You know, you don't even even have to come to God. We don't have to come to God. We can do whatever we want to. God has given us the liberty, the moral freedom, free, free moral agency, we can go to hell if we want to, and he'll let us. So you don't have to come to God. God will let you not come to him. But if you come, you have to believe. He who comes to God must believe. That means he must have faith. There's no other way to interact with God except by faith. That's, those, are the, those are the ground rules. And so when you know that, 
And if things aren't adding up in your life, if you're not really laying hold of, of your healing, let's say you have a long-term condition, a chronic condition, and you've prayed and, and you've, uh, you know, attempted to stand and it's just not changing and year after year and it's the same or whatever it might be in your life. Take, take heed. Examine your ways because faith will overcome it. So, well, I've been exercising faith. Well, no, not really. There's, there's something missing because faith works. Amen. Faith works. And I'm in my life, I'm continually discovering areas of correction. Amen. I'm continually discovering uh, little fine areas where I need to tune myself up. See, the more you know, the more, the more is required of you. When you're younger in, when you're younger in the Lord, you can, you can operate faith on one level and because you're growing and you're learning and you're doing what you know to do, God's grace and, 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 his, and his mercy works with you and you can accomplish some things. But as you grow in the Lord or as you should be growing in the Lord, the, the Lord requires you to operate on a higher level. And that's what we need to get to. We all of us need to, we, we all need to come up to where we need to be. Instead of staying where we have been and just putting up with things in our lives that, that are of the world, and I'm not talking about necessarily sin, but sickness is of the world. Lack is of the world. Depression is a worldly commodity. The things of the flesh, they're all of the world. The disappointments in life and the things that, that frustrate that you know there's a higher and a better way for you, those things are the things of the world. And God wants you to operate in victory over those things, but hey, like I said, being stirred up in church is wonderful. I want you to be stirred up, but go out and say, okay, God, I'm, I, I, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get into your word. I'm gonna feed. Listen, don't think you're going to soar like an eagle this afternoon necessarily, okay? You didn't get where you are <laughs> in a day. Those things in your life didn't grow strong in a day. Well, you can turn that in a day, but you're, but you're gonna grow in it. It's gonna, it's gonna take a daily commitment to feeding on the word of God, feeding your faith yourself. And I know most people won't do that. I know most people won't. But you don't have to be most people. Most of the church world will not do that. Most, most Christians will not feed their faith. They'll agree they should, but they won't do it. They'll go out and agree that they should and nod and they won't do it. Most Christians won't. Most Christians won't pray. <laughs> they don't have time. They've got, they've got time to, get to, to, to leave work and go to a doctor's appointment. They've got time to go seek the attorney. They've got time to, to do all of those things that, that the things of this world will cost you. 
But they won't take the time because it's a discipline thing. It's a discipline thing. But we in here don't have to be like everyone. Amen. We can have a church full of doers that hear the word, go out and do it. We can have a church full of that. Amen. It's not normal though. Well, it is normal, but it's not average. It's not the usual thing. I'll put it that way. It's not the usual thing. We can, impact can be an unusual church. And that we can have row after row after row, seat after seat after seat, person after person after person who feed on the word. Take time every day. Just spend time with the Lord. Spend time in prayer. Get making that part of a daily routine. We can have a church full of that. Amen. I think we're on our way. And I, and I want you to be stirred up. But I, like I said, just stirring up, it, it has to, you have to take that home with you. Because I, I'm just like you. I get stirred up and I lose the stirring. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I can be stirred up in the morning time. And by noon, I'm thinking, wait, 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 what happened here? <laughs> but continually stirring continually stirring yourself up. Stir up. Stir up the gift of God that's in you. Well, faith is one of those gifts that's in you. Stir it up on a regular basis. And the more you stir it up, the more of a lifestyle it becomes. To where you're, you, you, might, you might find yourself in a, in a uh, weird mood in, in the middle of the day and you don't seem to have any sense of what and you, what's going on, you catch yourself, wait a minute. I remember what the Spirit of God said to me this morning. And you can go back and lay hold of that. But if it was six months ago, it's a little harder to do. Yeah. But it was just this morning, you go back and lay hold of that. So no, 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 I, I got that. I know what the Holy Ghost was dealing with me. I, I remember, I, yeah, that scripture that I was feeding on, I'm going to feed on that right here standing in line at, 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 at Penny's. Because I took time to put that word in me. I don't even have to get my Bible out. That thing's in me. I'll just sit there and just meditate on that. While I'm standing in line at, at Penny's, at J.C. Penny's, I'll just stir myself up in this. Nobody will even know what I'm doing. The enemy, he's, he's trying to get his hands on me, and I'm just. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Right there in pennies, nobody could even see it. That's what's going on. I said, no, you don't, devil. I've got the word on this. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Amen. Let's stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. He who comes to God must believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we are doers. Say this after me. I am a doer of the word. I refuse to be a forgetful hearer who goes out and forgets what manner of man he is. But I am he who continues. I continue in the law of love. I continue in the law of faith. I continue in the law of truth. I continue in the word. I, 
I stir myself up. I will stir myself up. I will live a life of faith. Now you do it a little at a time. You do it a little, I'm gonna just be honest with you, you do it a little at a time. You do it a little at a time by putting that in you every day. Whatever you're, however you want to arrange it, whatever suits you. And, and, and like I've said many, many times, I'm not talking about hours. I'm just talking about making an intentional, giving intentional attention to something. And you do it on a, on a regular basis. And you don't, you, well, I did this for a week. I don't feel any stronger. You are stronger. That's just an enemy. That's, the, that's a lie of the enemy. You need to resist it. Just need to resist it. Well, I've done this for two weeks. Just keep doing it. I'm telling you, I doubt it'll take two weeks. It won't take very many days. If you just start practicing, feeding, meditating on the word, worshiping God, spending that time with him, I'm telling you, it won't be long. So that's, man, stuff will start clicking on the inside of you. Truth will start, dots will start getting connected on the inside of you. You'll get revelation. You'll see some areas where you can turn and where you can adjust. Oh, glory to God. And you'll see yourself coming out. And coming up, coming out of those things, shaking those things off, and coming up to a higher level. Oh, glory to God. That's how it works. Amen. Everybody has to do it. Nobody gets a pass. Nobody gets a pass. And it'll work for you. It'll work for you because God, God put the plan in his word. He said, give attention to my word. Climb your ear to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Well, I've heard that before. Well, they just became dull of hearing. Well, I know all of that. Well, you just closed your eyes. No, it says keep these things in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them. Health. How many of you want health to, for all your flesh? Anybody got any flesh that could use some, a little more health. Health for all your flesh. Every cell of your flesh. There's health for it. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Take your medicine. Take your medicine every day. Praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.